My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cool but sunny winter morning here in the capital and I am delighted to say that joining me on today's programme is Simon Frank. Simon is a career entrepreneur with a background in foreign exchange and investment banking and currently holds senior management positions at three firms, Forensic Equity, Port of War and Anatomap. Uh, Simon, welcome first and foremost and thank you so much for joining us on the show. Scott, thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure having you alongside us, Simon. Now, um, as I've told the listeners, um, you are in senior roles in three businesses, but of course, it's the latter one, Anatomap, that's going to be the focus of our discussion today. And you are a technology startup that was formed to develop tech for law enforcement, I believe I'm right in saying. Yes, that's correct. So the app that we've first developed in Anatomap is an app called Injury Capture. Um, And the app is focused on assisting victims of violent crime. And by violent crime, we're talking really about assault, domestic abuse, and sexual offences. And essentially what the app does is allow anyone to capture and store all of the evidence related to these offences in a format which ensures that it is immediately legally admissible. Uh, And which means when the victim does choose to submit it to the police, the police hopefully have all the evidence they need to safeguard the victim and hopefully successfully prosecute the offender. And I suppose the thinking behind that is quite self-explanatory because as of September 2021, only 77% of reported incidents of violent crime or sexual assault um, when did, they, they didn't go to prosecution because of evidential difficulties and this essentially is your way of trying to address that. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. So there's, there's several issues uh, that we currently face. The first is that Uh, 50% of people who will suffer a crime will never report that crime. Mm. And that actually drops down to 16%. So only 16% of uh, victims of a sexual assault will will currently report that. And we first have an issue about a a seeming quite a significant issue of a confidence in reporting. And the second major issue is that of those that are reported, particularly regarding domestic abuse, uh, is that 70% of those cases cannot proceed due to an evidential difficulty. So the questions we, we really face are, how do we encourage people to report crime? Uh, essentially, if, if they don't want to report immediately, how do we allow them to delay that reporting in a manner that's not detrimental, mm-hmm. i.e. That, that means that evidence is still uh, and can be captured? Um, and indeed, the, that, that second issue of the evidential difficulty, so how do we ensure that cases that are reported are not falling through because of evidential difficulties. And that's really what the app tries to solve. Yeah, there's only one in six sexual assault victims that actually go on to report their crime to the police, which is absolutely staggering. And as much as somebody does say, oh, well, the best thing you can do is go to the police straight away, report the crime and maximise your chances of a conviction. It's not always as simple as that. Um, What are some of the key reasons, do you think, behind someone's hesitancy to perhaps go to the police and report the incident? Yeah, it's a really good question. The Crime Survey of England and Wales uh, found that of those people that uh, suffered a sexual assault but didn't report to the police, um, a lot many stated embarrassment is the reason. Many stated that they did not believe that the police could help. 
Um, and, and there may be uh, a whole range of other reasons why people delay reporting in those circumstances. But the important thing is that, you know, the, the trauma, it takes some time to get over. But the important thing is that we allow people and we enable people to capture evidence at that moment, even if they don't want to report it at that time, to allow them to reflect to and give them the opportunity to move forward with that if they want to. Uh, and then in, if they, we've got the evidence, once they do report it to the police, the police can actually then take action. And similarly, in domestic abuse, which is the other really uh, sort of major crime that, that we're trying to do better deal with, mm. is that statistics are that on average, someone will be uh, physically abused about 50 times before they go to the police, if ever. And so at the moment, you know, we've got only one opportunity with the police to capture evidence. And that's effectively on that last offence, if and when they do choose to report it to police. Where with this app, the victim can confidently uh, and privately and securely capture all of the evidence of those 50 incidents until the point at which they are ready to report it to police. And when they are ready to report it to police, the police then have a wealth of evidence to hopefully successfully prosecute the offender and, of course, very quickly safeguard the victim. And it could, of course, even bring about that outcome, even in some cases years after the incidents have actually happened, can't it? Just because there's that bank of evidence there that that's retrospective and that the police can look at. Absolutely. So the app allows um, people to secure all of this evidence, um, keep it, hold it privately and securely. Um, it will never be deleted. Um, and it's ready for, their, for, for them at the point at which they, they want to report, if ever. Um, and importantly, for some people, they may not want to take a uh, criminal action. Um, some people may want to just uh, take a civil action, whether that be a protection order, a restraining order, etc. And all of the evidence that's captured within the app can also be downloaded in a civil format, which is compliant for the civil process and uh, which can be used to um, obtain one of these orders. And it's somewhat more thorough, isn't it, than simply, you know, sort of photographing injuries and keeping them on your mobile phone? Because this application, it has actually been designed in consultation with police forces, with victim support organisations and criminal justice experts, hasn't it? So there is that expertise sort of going into this as well. Yes, absolutely. It's a really important question. Um, and we're asked a lot, why can't I just take these on my phone? Um, you know, what's, what's the difference? What's, what's new here? So... First thing is that um, when you take an image on your phone, it's not scaled in any way. And in order for an image to be considered a forensic image and forensic evidence, it must be able to have a scale applied to it. So in the old-fashioned uh, way, or, or it still happens, you would see a, a CSI with a big camera and a ruler take images at a crime scene or images of, of injuries um, on a victim, and that would represent the forensic evidence. Now, with this app, the app, uh, the machine learning and artificial intelligence that we have designed allows the app to apply a scale, an accurate scale, to any image taken with the app, which means that when victims or whoever uses the app to maybe a friend or relative can help the victim to capture this evidence, but when a person captures the evidence using the app, those images are then forensic images. They are forensic evidence, which is really, really important because we now have everyone essentially with the ability to be a forensic scientist. The second part of it is that when uh, you capture something or, or retain uh, something on your device, it's then got to get to the police if and when you choose to report it. Now, 
This often results in the police needing to download a person's entire device to verify the evidence that's being presented to them. Anything you upload to the app is already verified because the app captures all of the metadata associated with that upload, and which means that when it, it, when it is submitted to the police, it is already verified, it is already evidentially admissible, which means that the police, in a large number of cases, unless there's serious concern, will not need to download a victim's entire device, and which is very important to a number of victims uh, who don't want their entire life exposed. Mm. And, and the, third, uh, the third critical element um, is that people may not want to hold this on their device, um, particularly in domestic violence scenarios. Uh, they may not have the ability to actually hold this on their device in a manner that's accessible. Uh, and so all of this evidence can be uploaded to the app, stored on the app, um, and it's safely secured there. If someone maliciously deletes it from the device or the device is lost, the evidence is not lost. It's securely stored on the cloud. Which is fantastic, isn't it? And in this day and age as well, where, you know, we're all concerned about our privacy and our data protection, especially, the app also accounts for that, doesn't it, in that it's secure and, you know, that evidence is not going to be going anywhere, that it's going to fall into bad hands. Absolutely. So um, the app is accredited against two internationally recognized standards. Um, one, without getting too technical, is, is ISO 27001, which is the technical standard, which means that we've been accredited for our data security and protection. And the second part is um, BS 10008, which is the evidential weight and legal admissibility, um, which means, as I mentioned earlier, anything submitted, saved and submitted through the app um, has evidential weight and is legally admissible. And just talking about the convenience of using the app um, as well, it's really simple to use, isn't it? And it's essentially important to say as well that you, it's not just the victims that are going to be using this device. I mean, it can also just be easily used by friends and family who are concerned for that victim to actually take it and they can submit evidence themselves as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the app's actually been designed for anyone to use. Um, uh, my background is in forensic science and, and, and really it was a question that forensic science really revolves around the fact of proving something beyond reasonable doubt, and which is why we collect forensic evidence and which is why we, we analyze forensic evidence. And so in order for someone to be successfully prosecuted, their guilt must be proven beyond reasonable doubt. And so if we can give people the ability to capture forensic evidence, anyone the ability to capture forensic evidence, we dramatically increase the prospect of the number of offenders that will be found guilty and uh, be proven guilty beyond reasonable doubt. So the app is there for anyone to use. Um, victims can use it themselves. If they don't feel comfortable or confident holding the app on their own device, a friend or relative can download it for them, uh, hold it on their device, and capture, help them to capture and retain all of that evidence. It can also be used by medical professionals, and indeed it can also be used by frontline police officers themselves. And I'm right in saying as well that when it's converted into forensic evidence via use of the app, that evidence is validated with things such as location, time, and everything. So if I were to, for example, sustain an injury in my own home, I could then take a photo of that injury, and it would basically tell you your location, it would tell you exactly when the photo was taken, and then that would also be accessible to uh, the authorities, wouldn't it? Exactly, and, that, and that's really the critical thing, is that, is that any and all evidence captured through this app is all validated, and indeed any evidence that is uploaded to it. So, you know, if, you're ta if you have a, an audio file or CCTV outside of the app and you upload it to the app, the app will capture all of the metadata uh, within that, which means that it can all be verified and be made legally admissible. 
And I can imagine that you're sort of hoping that the app is going to increase sort of early guilty pleas um, as well, because if, say, for example, you have sort of police wearing body-worn cameras, and um, Police Scotland evidence that was submitted to Parliament actually found that over 90% of all criminal cases involving body cams resulted in those being prosecuted pleading guilty early on. So if that evidence is there via use of injury capture, I suppose the hope is that that's what's going to happen. Um, it's going to put them, that the person who is the assailant, the aggressor, in, in, essentially in a corner, and they're going to have no choice but to essentially admit to uh, their wrongdoing. Yeah, so that's exactly it. So with this app, it's not just about capturing the evidence, but it's also about the speed at which we can present the evidence. So the any evidence captured within the app will be held securely and completely privately until the user decides to submit it to the police. But on submission to the police, all of that evidence um, gets put into a formal um, criminally um, compliant statement. Um, uh, and all of the data is then accessible to the officer. So no longer will the officer have to spend time collating evidence, uh, exhibiting evidence, collecting further evidence perhaps, um, uh, and, and sort of getting getting everything together now in, in, in a touch of a few buttons, they receive a fully evidenced case, or, or at least uh, with a wealth of evidence, that they can very quickly then put to the perpetrator. And hopefully then with a wealth of evidence against them, the solicitor will sit there and say, look, we need to early guilty plea here, mm. rather than what often happens at the moment, uh, which is where perhaps it's just his word against hers or her word against his. Uh, and, um, and, and the solicitor says, look, you know, there's nothing here. Um, I think you need to release the card, no comment. Uh, and and we, we change that dramatically. And the quicker we can uh, do that, the better. Early guilty pleas really have two very major benefits. Um, the first is that, of course, with, particularly with domestic abuse, if we get an early guilty plea, we, we more quickly um, protect the victim um, and means that we can detain the, uh, the suspect. Um, and it also reduces dramatically the cost within the system, the cost of policing, mm. the cost of courts, uh, and reduces um, also that backlog. It does. And are there any indications as of yet as to just how much it sort of speeds up the investigation and indeed the criminal prosecution process? Yeah, I mean, we, we estimate overall that, that um, we, we, we think that resources that we save in this are about 25%, and that's probably a conservative estimate for policing. Mm. Um, why? What? You know, where, where do we get those, those efficiency savings from? Uh, well, the first thing is, of course, um, the the evidence um, presented immediately um, and in a very speedy fashion. Um, through the app, officers can also request additional information from the victim or whoever's contributed to a case, which uh, can then, you know, that speeds up the evidence collection process. Further evidence needs to be collected, and of course, uh, the speed at which that evidence is then presented. So. As I said, uh, as I mentioned, all of that evidence is put uh, by our system into a uh, formal statement, which is compliant with all of the legal procedures, and which means that the officer then immediately has all of that to present an interview. And I'm also correct as well that as well as putting you in touch with the uh, the police and allowing you to submit evidence to them, this app also gives you resources which directly direct you to victim support as well, don't they? So various helplines and things that can sort of help you in the aftermath of a violent incident. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's really important for us as well, is that um, actually um, numbers vary, but 
mostly accepted is that no more than 10% of victims will actually access the support services that are available to them. So within the app, we list um, all of the support services that are available locally by geography of the user. And, and um, dependent on, on the preference, uh, communication preferences that a person sets up when they uh, download the app, uh, the app will also ask them occasionally, um, are they okay? Please remember that these support services are available to them um, and, and directing them uh, to those because they're really important services um, which, uh, which we want people to access, even if they don't want to report the crime formally. I suppose it's all about victim empowerment, isn't it? Giving them the ability to collate that evidence and then submit that how they want, when they want as well. Um, obviously, you rolled the app out in the latter part of 2021 in uh, Jersey. It's since been expanded to the UK and is now available in um, both app stores, both Google and Apple. Um, how would you say, both in Jersey and in the UK, that the app has been received so far in your view? Yeah, so um, so we first, yeah, absolutely correct, we first launched the app in, in Jersey and Channel Island. Um, and um, it was very well received there. Um, it's fully connected um, with um, with all of the support services uh, and policing um, on the island. Uh, and um, and so um, earlier this year, well, at the beginning of this year, we then uh, moved to, uh, I guess, um, make it more public in the UK, um, which is um, which is what we're we're currently uh, doing now. And the app's actually available, as you say, from uh, the App Store, iOS, and uh, Play Store for Android. And, and actually, the app can, can be used anywhere in the world. Um, it's not just uh, UK. Um, we've had a lot of um, downloads in America, um, some in Canada, uh, Australia, uh, and Europe as well. So um, we're, we're sort of fully connected. Um, we want uh, victims across the world, really, to, uh, to be able to use this app. Uh, and at the moment, uh, we're in English in a couple of languages, but hopefully in the next month, um, the app will actually be available in, uh, in all languages. So I suppose your long-term ambition for this is to make it a beacon of victim empowerment all over the world, not just in Anglophone countries such as the UK, such as the Channel Islands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think um, the international figure is that one in three people in their lifetime will be a victim uh, of assault, abuse or or sexual offences. So, um, you know, it's a a huge problem globally. um, And uh, we want to make sure that as, as, as far as possible, uh, that, the, that we empower victims uh, around the world, not just in, in Jersey or the UK. So it's some incredible sort of long-term ambitions that you've got for this application. But I suppose the first step in that journey, you talked a little bit about sort of rolling it out in um, a couple of languages um, initially, just to sort of give it that extra breadth. But um, where ideally would, it, would you like Injury Captor to be, say, by sort of this time next year, by the time 2022 is over? Yeah, I, I think... Um, we obviously we, we we now want to make sure I, I think the biggest mission we have over the next 12 months is really a mission of making people aware of the app um you know uh with with there's a lot of people to that we need to inform about it um, and we're hoping um, that as many people as possible will spread the message uh because even if they're not a victim themselves they probably know someone or someone they know is a victim um, of these offenses and so I think the biggest challenge for us over the next 12 months is really making uh, as many people aware of the app and the app's availability as possible, um, particularly because um, even when we launched in Jersey, we had a lot of comments saying, uh, you know, if only I had this when I was suffering. A lot of comments from, from you know, survivors that were engaging with this 
which is amazing to see. But, you know, it really struck home that people were saying, if only I had this a year ago, um, if only this was available to me then, uh, comments like that. And, and that's really what we've got to do. We, we need to make sure that people are aware of this app um, and, and its ability to empower them. And, and I'm hoping uh, uh, very much so that the media sort of engages with us and helps us in this in this drive because, um, you know, they have a very big reach and, and, and a very powerful reach. Um, absolutely, we'd like survivors to share their stories, and, and that's incredibly powerful. Um, but we need to try and make sure that we that we access as many people as possible and make as many people as, uh, as aware as possible. And, and that really, I think, comes comes with uh, with the big media organisations hopefully helping us to do that. Mm, of course, it's inevitable that the media, with all of its power, is going to have a big part to play in all of that. And uh, just sort of moving away from injury capture specifically, just for a moment, Simon, I'd be interested to just understand what other projects, if any, are maybe in the offering for um, an Atom app over the year, the next year. And are there any other sort of exciting developments that might even complement injury capture that you perhaps might be working on? Yeah, so there's, there's two things, really. I mean, um, so injury capture is focused, of course, on violent crime. Uh, but what we, what our ambition is eventually to turn this into evidence capture, um, so that that people can actually capture evidence associated with any form of crime. Um, because even in just in the UK, um, about six million crimes are reported every year. So, but it's important that we look at very carefully at how we do that. Um, injury capture has been designed very much to ensure that the evidence uh, the, or the common forms of evidence associated with those cases can be captured through the app. And when we move to evidence capture, we need to assess very carefully um, other types of crime and how we best allow people to capture the evidence from those in a way that is forensic um, and which is evidentially admissible. Yeah, absolutely. And um, are there any indications as to sort of how you're sort of planning on doing that at the moment or is it still very much under wraps at this point? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit under wraps. I mean, I, as I say, I, we have to be very cautious and conscious that anything we do, uh, we want to make sure that it is absolutely watertight um, and um, and it, it holds evidential weight. So it, it's really a case of making sure that whatever we're doing to help people capture essentially forensic evidence in other forms of crime um, does indeed constitute forensic evidence. Um, so you know, a theft of a bicycle, uh, what sort of evidence is associated with that um, and how do we uh, enable people through the technology and through other means to capture the evidence associated with that, which would reduce police resourcing um, whilst actually um, increasing the conviction rate. Mm. And do you think that sort of the development of these initiatives that you've got going on, is this indicative of sort of a wider sort of technological revolution within this sector? And we're going to be seeing a lot more sort of use of technology to sort of drive the legal sector, drive prosecutions moving forward into the future, do you feel? I, I, I sincerely hope so. Um, I mean, I think with good reason, um, the there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, and we've had a lot of hoops to jump through to get to this stage. Um, we have uh, an exemplary legal system in the UK, um, which uh, holds a very high threshold and bar for evidence. Uh, and so really, uh, I hope that we will see technologies um, emerge. Um, I think they can be exceptionally powerful, um, but uh, there is a lot to do to make sure that any technologies that are adopted um, are, are, are sound. Um, and, uh, you know, really assist 
uh, our legal system. And I think it's very relevant in the here and now as well, isn't it? That through technology and sort of speeding up processes, it is, as we sort of mentioned almost way back at the beginning, it's going to help sort of clear that sort of backlog in the legal system as a result of the pandemic as well, isn't it? Because that's, of course, brought its own disruption to the sector. And we're also still trying to sort of get over that to a large extent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the, the pandemic, um, we've avoided talking about it until now, but um it really has um, caused um, a long delay in many, many cases. Um, and um, particularly for victims, um, those delays are, are often very traumatic um, and really prolong uh, the process of, of their recovery. So um, it's really important that um, technologies help, um, one, uh, encourage people to report crime. That, that's really important. Um, but two, um, allow people to report crime in a way that actually assists policing that actually gives policing the evidence that they need to then swiftly prosecute those cases. Because the quicker we can get those through the system, um, the less harm it has uh, and and allows the victim to recover. And and also importantly, of course, reduces the backlog and reduces the, the, um, the pressures Absolutely right. And uh, just for those as well tuning into the podcast today who may sort of be interested in finding out more about Injury Capture or even downloading the app, and um, we touched on already, it can be downloaded for free from both Google and Apple app stores. Um, and you can also visit the Injury Capture website. It's www.injurycapture.com, isn't it? And that sort of includes a full list of instructions as to how the app works that we've sort of gone over today as well. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And uh, a really important point you make there, and remiss of me not to mention sooner, but the app is completely free. Uh, it's completely free to download uh, and completely free to use. Um, it is um, it, that 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 is without doubt, and that that will always remain. Amazing! It's a fantastic, of course, uh, mission that you're on, and um, an amazing ambition and thinking behind the uh, the app. And hopefully, people are going to become aware of it over the next year and beyond. And it will really sort of empower some of the most vulnerable in our society, Simon. And I think as well as we start to sort of gauge the real impact that injury capture is going to have, and we start to you know sort of hear more about the other projects that you have going on behind the scenes, I'd even love the opportunity to invite you back onto our program and just catch up as to how things are coming along, and hopefully all being well that vision that you have for this fantastic application is going to start to be really borne out and we're going to see some real benefit from it yeah no that would be absolutely fantastic and um and Scott, thanks very much for um for taking the time to um uh, to interview me on the subject and and um uh, and being um you know at the forefront of uh, making people uh, aware of the app and helping us uh, in that journey because as you say it's really important the, the more people that know about this the more people we empower um, the more people we, we can safeguard and protect. Exactly right. Um, thank you again, Simon, for taking the time to join us on the show and share this um, with us. It's been fantastic having you and do take care and stay safe with all still going on as well. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in today's programme and feel that you need access to victim support, then I would encourage you to visit the nhs.uk slash livewell website because that can direct you to various different helplines that will be available to you. And also, for anybody tuning in today who may feel, based on Simon's story, that you have your own tale of success and of innovation to share with us from your own business or organisation here with us at the Leaders' Council, then why don't you apply to be on the show as well via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply because we'd also love to hear from you and your real and authentic accounts Um, until next time everybody take care and goodbye